Welcome to Thought Studio, an intellectual space to confront inconspicuous and sometimes insidious aspects of our society. In this podcast, the scope of our explorations is limitless, from domestic to public spheres, from cells to galaxies, crossing the border between physical and metaphysical realms. So join us as we ask big questions and offer unique perspectives in the hopes of offering clarity and insight. In this episode, Karen will be looking at the fraught relationship between happiness and our imagination. but take your brain with you. Okay, hold up. I know that this is supposed to be some platitude that gives you happiness advice, but first of all, you can't take a brain with you. If you think about it, we are all brains controlling a body. I am a brain, you are a brain. We are all brains controlling a chunk of cells that are stuck together, called a body. So if you follow your heart, you're really following your brain. This cliche basically says, follow your brain. Follow your wants and your imaginations of the future, and then you will be happy. Welcome to my podcast. My name is Karen, and today I will shatter your trust in your future imagination's abilities to bring you happiness. Before we start, what even is happiness? This seems like a useless question, but isn't happiness simply our overall hormone release levels? The amount of endorphin, dopamine, and serotonin levels we have? The more hormones released, the happier we are, right? Right. But how do researchers measure happiness? The most common method is to ask for self-reports from subjects. Someone would approach you and say, Hey, I don't know you, but looking back on your life, would you please rate your overall level of happiness? Now, there's a problem with that. Recent events impact our lives much more than earlier events. We all know that our memory fades over time. Think of two scenarios. You just received a job offer you've been longing for. This might only give you temporary excitement, but for the next while, you will probably see the world through a more joyful filter. Your happiness level at this time might be higher than usual. Unfortunately, one day, several years later after that job offer, you lost your wallet and you're devastated because you lost your cash, your debit card, and your driver's license. Then some stranger comes up to you and asks, how has your life been? Because you're worried about your rent and IDs, your response will likely not be very positive. These events might seem insignificant in the scope of your life, but it is enough to change your self-happiness rating. This is because your rating is instantaneous. It measures your happiness at one point in time. When you try to use data to prove that coin flipping gives you a 50-50 chance of landing on either side, you surely won't flip the coin only once. You must be thinking, is self-reporting a truly accurate measurement of happiness? Intro to happiness is over, and now it is time to let you see all the unbeknownst impacts your imaginations have made. Being an unfortunate prisoner during the Holocaust, Viktor Frankl, author of Man's Search for Meaning, imagined the possibilities of seeing his wife again if he survived. This made the labor seem less difficult and the situation less brutal. And this is what gave him motivation to live. Imaginations as idealizations can give us motivation and reduce our mental or even physical struggles. Our imagination has a power to influence our perceptions of reality. Think about your job offer a few minutes ago in this podcast. You've wanted this job for a long time. Why? 
Is it because of its attractive pay or the loving community at the workplace? You want this job because it gives you something that you want. In other words, something you would like to have but currently don't have. How do you know you will enjoy these things after you get them? This is a result of our ability to imagine. Our vision of a much better future compared to the present increases our interest in this position. Once we receive the job offer, we get closer to the beautiful life we've been daydreaming about, which makes us happier. On the other side, imaginations don't need to give you temporary happiness either. An example would be horror movies, unless you feel happy being scared. Horror movies are terrifying because they make you imagine the creepy ghosts and violent scenes. They induce this kind of imagination by giving you visual and oral hints. The more attention they draw from you, the easier it is to lead you into thinking a certain way and imagining certain things. If you don't pay attention to how creepy that closet ghost is, but instead pay attention to how well done the visual effects are and how skillful the director is, you probably won't be as afraid. We can think about a change in happiness as a result of the difference between expectation and reality, where expectations stem from imagination. Our vision of the future is closely tied with our imagination. It's a prediction based on external factors, such as how well are the lives of people with higher pay. We envision our life under the condition that something we consider good, like a pay raise, happens. The more attractive our envisioned life is, the greater our increase in happiness when this condition becomes true. The quality of our envisioned life solely depends on our imagination. Hence, our increase in happiness is directly related to how and what we imagine. Now, thinking back to the self-rating of happiness level, we see that, in our perception of how happy we are across our life so far, the more recent events play a much larger role. It affects our temporary happiness. How temporary? It could be three days, it could be three months, or it could be three years, depending on how impactful the event is. But given enough time, our happiness level will return to something approximate to what we had before this event. This is due to something known as synthetic happiness. Yes, happiness can't be synthetic. There has been research proving that our brains create happiness when we're feeling down, hence bringing our happiness level closer to our usual level. Another way imaginations affect our perception of reality is seen in optimism bias. Optimism bias is our tendency to think that we are less likely to experience a negative event, and it is also present in other animals. Our imaginations are at play here. When we believe something biased, we are imagining that it is true. Because of optimism bias, as a result of our imaginations, the emotional impacts of a negative event falling upon are more significant, because we are once quite certain that these devastating scenes only happen in movies, not on us. If there was anything ever called pessimism bias, where we think that we are more likely to experience a negative event, we would accept negative events occurring on us much more easily than with optimism bias. So, it seems like everything gets exaggerated in our imaginations. Why is this? Turns out research shows that we are usually bad at predicting what makes us happy. Our imagined or predicted outcomes of an action become our assumptions. What? What do you mean? In our predictions of what might happen to our emotional state as a result of a possible event, we imagine what happens. But because this imagination comes in the form of a prediction, we tend to believe that our imaginations, also known as predictions, are reliable and close to the reality of what will actually happen. To say this in a way that belittles our logical reasoning, 
we assume that the future resulted from an event is exactly what we imagine. Congratulations, you moved your fantasy dreams into reality by assuming. Now I have two stories. One looks at the short run results of this, and the other one looks at the long run. Okay, now let's rewind. Congratulations, you moved your fantasy dreams into reality. Haha, <laughs> JK. Unlike what you thought, your life got worse after you won the lottery because your family felt entitled to spend extravagantly and soon you returned to your previous financial state. What millionaire? What financial luxury? What happily ever after? Your family just betrayed you. Nah, not really. Your family only betrayed your assumptions and daydreams that they aren't even aware of. But this feeling of disappointment is able to evoke all the anger in you. Having experienced a short period of indulgence, you now have something to compare to your previous lifestyle. This contrast amplifies your disappointment, hence decreasing your happiness level. Story number two. Congratulations, you moved your fantasy dreams into a reality. Haha, <laughs> JK. The true outcome of your pay increasing from 70k to 150k is you are just as tired from work, you have the same children to babysit, you are just as lost in life as you were before, and you still don't even know the meaning of life. In the long run, you are not at all happier. Another reason why everything is exaggerated in our imaginations of the future is because we don't really know ourselves. That is, we don't know what makes us happy. This is seen in a research done by a Harvard psychology professor, where he opened a photography course, where at the end of the course, students had the opportunity to pick one of two photos to keep, and the other one they will never see again. There were two groups of students. One group had only one chance to pick, the other group had a long time to think about what photo they wanted to pick. In fact, that group can also change the photo they pick if they don't like the one they picked initially. It turns out that for the group with the changeable option, most did not stay with their initial photo selection. Furthermore, fMRI studies suggest that when we imagine ourselves in the future or simulate our future self, our brains think of ourselves as a completely different person. Our medial prefrontal cortex, or the MPFC, is activated when we think about ourselves or someone who we think are similar to ourselves. But research shows that when we think about ourselves in the future, our MPFC is not very activated. And in fact, the more distant the future, the less activation. Basically, our brains treat our future self as someone we don't know very well which is why we can't really figure out what makes our future self happy. A third reason is that it is not intuitive for us to consider the hidden cost of a certain event. When you imagine an object or an event, your brain is playing a simulation of the object or event for you. The simulation is often inaccurate because there are too many little things you might forget. While you were still in school, how many of you have heard something like, oh, I shouldn't have taken this course, that professor's handwriting is absolutely terrible and I can't read anything. Well, if you thought about it earlier, you wouldn't be complaining now, right? In his TED talk, Harvard University professor Dan Gilbert introduces to us something called impact bias, which is the human tendency to overestimate the duration and intensity of emotional impacts of future events. He also talks about how we synthesize happiness, but we think happiness is a thing to be found. 
As I've mentioned synthetic happiness before, it is something that we create when we don't get what we want. A research experiment conducted by Gilbert et al. in 1998 also demonstrates the impact bias. So basically in this experiment, a bunch of people were brought to this job interview. Some had unfair interviews and some had fair interviews. After the interview, everyone was told that they have not been selected for the job. And then they were asked to rate their current level of happiness. 10 minutes later, both groups were asked to rate their level of happiness again. And both groups felt much better than what they had 10 minutes earlier. A cause of the impact bias could be that when we think of how an event impacts us emotionally, we tend to think emotionally more than we think on the logical side in regards to the disadvantages and advantages. Basically, we are bad at predicting what makes us happy because one, we don't really know ourselves, and two, there's an equilibrium level of our happiness and our brains tend to move toward that equilibrium. Well, why would we move towards this equilibrium though? Well, if we take a step back, we tend to dramatize our emotional reactions to different events because we get used to things much more quickly than we think we do. We adapt to our current situations and the either positive or negative events that happen to us, despite being bad at our predictions. If you think about it, you usually remember more of the good than the bad from the past. Our adaptations to present situations lead us to forget the emotional effects of these events. From the viewpoint of evolution, the people who are forever troubled by mental stress or mental impacts by certain events tend to have less of a selective advantage because they are less focused on reproduction and survival. A reasonable conclusion would be that in our imaginations of our future selves, we are a drama queen. And when it actually happens, we are the complete opposite of a drama queen. Now let's imagine, tonight, at 11.59pm, you're on your phone, or you're asleep, or you're in the shower, I don't know, and we suddenly lose our ability to imagine anything. Now what would that do to us, as an individual and as a species? Remember that the things we imagine about the future are based on the things we've come into contact with before. The things we've seen, the things we've heard, the things we've tasted, the things we've sensed. So none of that is going to be useful anymore. But on another side, a survey from the Institute for the Future shows that of the 2,818 subjects, 21% of Americans report imagining 30 years into the future less than once a year. And 32% being the largest group of all say that it never crosses their mind at all. From this data, you might think that suddenly losing our ability to imagine won't have a big impact. But what if we start thinking about the nearer future? You have three exams and two projects coming up in the next week. But remember, you can't imagine. You can't imagine during what times in the future will you be able to study or work. You are improvising school and improvising life. You might lose the mental pressure you get from thinking of all the work you still have to complete. But you also lose the ability to potentially reduce any stress because you just lost your time management capabilities. So, do the overall effects increase or decrease your happiness? Or maybe we continue with this whole equilibrium happiness thing because we are able to adapt. I don't know. But if we suddenly lose our imagination, my entire podcast becomes irrelevant. Why would you imagine the effects of imagination on your well-being and happiness when you can't even imagine anyways? 
one person losing their ability to imagine might not be very impactful, but a whole species losing their ability to imagine into the future might cause a problem, or definitely will cause a problem. Research in neuropsychology has shown that as we age, it becomes more difficult to imagine because our brain loses the connectivity across the related regions. So if our whole human species can't imagine, do we just become a species of granny brains? That sounds kind of weird. But losing imagination is weird in itself. Think about every time someone tells you, change the future. You are changing the future you imagine based on present circumstances. When you think you've changed the future, you've really just changed your originally planned actions in the hopes that your imagined, your predicted future will change. And yeah, none of that can happen if you don't have imagination. No more make America great again. And no more change the world, because now you have to go improvise your life. And we are all poor little humans who just lost their imagination. And maybe, perhaps, Potentially, evolution will turn us into a species of improv circuits. Your imagination might have messed up your happiness levels, but your happiness level always reaches this equilibrium. While your imagination has done a lot for you, and without your imagination, you will become a granny improv actor. <laughs>